join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. Lydia Dean is the founder of Go Philanthropic Travel, a socially conscious travel company that connects people with the lesser known humanitarians of the world and has co-founded a nonprofit, Go Philanthropic Foundation, where she and a team advocate on behalf of people who are fighting for their basic rights. She has recently documented her pilgrimage around the globe and the untraditional way she raised her family in a book entitled Jumping the Picket Fence, a deeply insightful adventure that ultimately inspires others to follow their higher calling. In our conversation, we ask some of the hard questions about travel and philanthropy, why we are seeking these experiences, and how to give back in the most beneficial way. We also explore the possibility that the most powerful parts of the journey might actually be before we travel and after we return. We even take a moment to unpack truth and vulnerability and connection, and how this connection is where the powerful change really happens. This conversation was a beautiful gift for me, and I hope you'll love it too. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Lydia Dean. Good morning and welcome to episode six of Soul of Travel. I'm so excited to be talking today with Lydia Dean with uh, Go Philanthropic and Go Philanthropic Travel. And she's also the author of a book that I really love that is uh, Jumping the Picket Fence, which I have next to me. (laughs) And um, we are here today to dive into talking about global travel, uh, philanthropy, and tying that into travel, and um, just exploring what happens when we kind of take the jump and live our passion and um, step out of maybe what we thought our path looked like and to really honoring what it feels like and taking that unknown journey. Um, So welcome. And uh, Lydia, I would love for you to share with the people who are listening today a little bit about yourself and uh, Go Philanthropic and uh, uh, the background of what your company does and who you serve. Well, um, thanks so, so very much for having me. I just love these um, opportunities to really kind of dive into some, some good meaty chats about, um, the state of the world and and ourselves and how how we relate to that. So, um, gosh, the quick the quick and dirty on um, me and the foundation and GoFeld Travel. Um, well, it starts quite a while ago when I uh, was you know 
had my first job, was just entering motherhood, so my kids were kind of young, um, living in the US. I'm now uh, home-based in the south of France. But at the time was in the US and really on a very um, kind of similar, typical track to, to what a lot of uh, young women my age um, at the time were, were doing and just you know, working hard to build a secure life and to have a nice home and, and security. And um, we were self-employed. Everything was going just beautifully. And you know, looking outside in, it, it, it was all a very pretty package, but it, it fell apart for me and I, and I hit a wall. And it was because I was um, not really living a life true to myself. I think I had acquired a life and built a life around what society told me I wanted. And I just, I just cracked. Um, so the, I started documenting my experiences because I didn't understand why, you know, my internal world was falling apart. And, um, as a consequence, my external world was too. I mean, things weren't right with my husband and I wasn't happy at my job and, you know, nothing was making me happy. And I would just had this outlet of, you know, writing it all down. So that became the, the sort of, um, nuggets that ended up being jumping the picket fence. And we had a picket fence and, uh, the book is, is about jumping it and, that those leaps of faith that you have to um, you have to take in order to find, you know, the path that's right for you. So you know, we we take a lot of twists and turns. Um, and I had always had this kind of burning desire to to be involved in world issues and to, you know, um, for lack of a less cliche kind of phrase, I wanted to give back. And and back then, I was searching really to give back. Um, I now see that in a in a different light, and I don't use the terms like that. Um, but back then, I did, and and it was like this primal need to to be connected to the work that needs to be done out there. And um, so, I take a volunteer trip to um, years later to um, an orphanage in India, and had kind of a crappy experience, and came home feeling as though. I didn't contribute anything. So like all, you know, many good ideas, sometimes they start with um, what was wrong. And my experience, my first true give back experience in travel was, was really not productive for, for myself, nor uh, did the children that I was looking to, to help benefit. So I ended up coming home and, and sort of chewing on what, how could we make this experience better? So that was sort of the, the idea um, from which Go Philanthropic Travel was, um, was born. And then later the foundation because, um, and maybe we can get into this in a little bit, but you know, combining travel and giving back is a very, very complex um, affair. And uh, there's a lot that goes into it. So we um, really found that we needed to focus on um, you know, creating the, the the careful systems that need in, need to be in place in order to to mitigate some of the unforeseen landmines that are out there when you when you put those two things together. So we now have Go Philanthropic Foundation that works directly with nonprofits, grassroots community led nonprofits around the world, and uh, Go Philanthropic Travel that is sort of the car that brings people around to, to actually experience this firsthand and to learn firsthand what, what these wonderful programs are doing and, and why they need um, partnership. Um, I have like 30 things that I want to dive into from there because I'm so excited, which is what happened the last time we talked as well. But I think a 
that just gave me such a perfect segue for what I wanted to read out of your book because I felt um, it is a great topic to jump onto. So um, it, I'm just going to read here. Meanwhile, my mind went wild with the thoughts on the mission behind Go Philanthropic. The connection between travel and philanthropy was powerful and the potential limitless. I dreamed of dismantling the fences of fear people create that keep us from touching lives outside of what we know. Travel would provide people the opportunity to break down those superficial barriers, the picket fences that separate us as cultures and people. And I love that so much. I feel like that summarizes a little bit of, of everything of, of um, tying the two worlds together, which for me has been something that has always been a passion and a challenge and um, helping people to cross that barrier between us is, is, the reason for me, um, why I created my company and why I feel like there is limitless potential because of those connections are what are so powerful. And I also love, because I say this, so that's why I love it, but that you saw travel as the business, as the vehicle that could take people on this. And I always say this, I say tra travel is just this vehicle for connection and for the work that I want to do in the world. It's not necessarily the, um, travel, travel isn't the, isn't the intention. It's just this process that get us, gets us out there. So I would love to talk to you about, about that. Like, how did you blend those two together or how did that, how did that land on you that this is the way that you wanted to proceed? Well, um, I'd always, I grew up in a family that, um, that traveled quite a bit. My parents, I grew up in Canada. My parents were from England. So we, as a child, I, you know, to go back and see my grandparents and my family and aunts and uncles and stuff, we had to, we had to travel. And my, my father traveled a lot for his work. He's a scientist. And so I feel like it was just, it was in our sort of family DNA to, to travel and explore. But, um, you know, looking, looking back, it's, it's, you know, you're very wise in saying that it, it it's it's just one way of doing this that the, the connection that ultimately happens and the contributing you know to this greater whole which is i think really what we're talking about is is making a contribution to humanity can come in so many many different forms for me i jumped on travel because it was something uh, it was something i knew i could do it was it was a kind of a quick and easy way to get there actually um, I think it's, I think it's harder if you take that piece out and you say, okay, contribute to humanity and you're not going to buy your ticket to, to Cambodia or to Nepal or to, to Guatemala or to, to any of the places that, you know, we, we, we think need our help. Um, you know, that's another discussion. Um, they, they, they certainly need attention and partnership, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole um, process that goes in, into that helping. So anyway, you know, it's a quick way to jump to that um, spot where you feel you can be active and do something. But I think where we are today, actually, with everything that's happening right now and with this virus, um, is challenging that notion that we have to get on that plane to contribute to humanity. I think we are being challenged in that quick, you know, uh, 
get on the plane and go. So I, it's really um, given me a lot to think about in the, in the past few weeks because um, it, it makes us wonder, you know, okay, if, if travel was the vehicle, you know, is there just one? Is there just one vehicle that it, you know, can, can, take, can take you to that, to that place where you can feel that, you know, you're, you're plugging into global issues and really making a difference, so. Mm-hmm. Um, that was um, something else that I was really thinking about is talking about um, how do we still in this space where we are now and we don't know how long this will last where we might not be able to be traveling to engage with communities this way and support them in this method that we've created. Um, mm-hmm. How do we still um, connect powerfully and create those relationships and we also had talked about and i think these go hand in hand um how do we access the space that occurs during that experience in our daily lives and so i think um you know those are twofold that if we can figure out how to pull some of that into our daily life then maybe that impact still will resurface and and ripple out um so i don't know what your thoughts are on that well there's a lot in that in, in those that's like a, <laughs> a lot in those two questions so let me let me go back to the first part of that um you know i think right off the bat a lot of people might agree that while there was a lot of division in how you know different countries approached um dealing with the virus and all that um but that in general it was very unifying um, that it brought the world together because, you know, it was something that happened to all of us, no matter what, where you are in, in the world or in with, with a business or no business or an employee or, um, you know, no matter what you're standing in the world, it, it, it affected each one of us. And this is, you know, that, that's quite something. So it's, it's unifying. So, where to, where to start, I think, in, in that intention is um, that, you know, we care for one another and opening, opening oneself up to, you know, deeply caring about everyone, not, you know, not just one place. And, you know, at the beginning it was, it was China and then it was Italy and then it was France. And then, then we, you know, had this outpouring of just sort of, oh my gosh, you know, deep care for all of these regions that were so affected and then it, it creeps into your community and you know oh gosh i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because it was such an overwhelming i know for me and what i saw in in, in people around me was just an an opening up to an immense amount of care for everyone and that is something that i know I have felt in bits and pieces in different places and times, but I've never felt it all at once that this human family is a family. Mm-hmm. And when something happens, you know, across the globe, it, you know, we can feel it, you know, over here. And it made, you know, again, it made me question um, if you can feel that, you know, feel all of that energy from, from a distance and all of that, that care and concern and, and desire to want to do what you can from locked inside your house, then, you know, do we, do we again need to think about travel in the same way? We have to really, really think about um, what this experience is showing us. We were, we've been trapped in our homes. Has that stopped us from thinking and feeling and doing and acting? 
and evolving and hopefully transforming? I don't think so. I've seen more evidence of transformation in the past few months, you know, being locked in our homes than I have when we have every um, ability to, you know, fly all over the place. So, you know, there, therein lies maybe some of our, some of our answers. Yeah. I, what was coming to me while you were thinking about that is kind of this um, flexing the muscle of compassion and um, connection in a, in a gradual way. Like first we had to think about this in China, but it still felt far away. So we were just Mm -hmm. easing into that moment and then it started to feel more powerful as it crept into Europe. And we, we had to flex the muscle a lot more and find that compassion and that connection. And then it landed, you know, here and obviously you're, you're in Europe, but um, in the U S and, um, and it really shifted. And that compassion became not only for our country, but then as we were locked in our homes, it became for ourselves. And so we had this great journey with compassion and self-compassion. And, um, and I think that that is part of what we're feeling. And it might've been something a lot of people hadn't had the time and space for, or a way of um, tapping into it because it's too overwhelming when you look at the whole world. Right. And I think people like you and me, we see everything and we want to dive into every corner. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people can't feel that because it's a lot and it's overwhelming and they don't know where to start. So they kind of just block it off. But the way this kind of this, um, pandemic eased us into it. We kind of had this like slow path to um, open up to that. That's what I was just thinking of as yeah. we were talking. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that, I mean, I keep looking for the gifts in this. And I think maybe that might, might, that could be one because people are really, um, uh, a lot of people are really reflecting, they're pausing, they're looking at being intentional with who they are when they go back out into the world. And I think as travelers, we're looking at who we are when we go back out into the world and, and yeah. what the future of travel looks like and the, the future of philanthropy and being engaged yeah. as global citizens. And so, um, yeah, I think that was a, a, a beautiful way to kind of uh, to look at that that just landed on me. So thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, And then I guess too, then thinking about, um, because we are feeling that energy and we're feeling that need to serve and we're still looking for ways to do that. Um, do how do you foresee, because I know you're looking at this for go philanthropic and for your, both your travel and your organization of Mm -hmm. how do you think you might reimagine? And we don't know, it, it might be super possible in a year that, um, things can operate you know, fairly close to where, what they were before, but do we want them to? And I know those are huge questions, but I'd love to, to dive in a little. They are. And had you had this happened, say five years ago, I, I think um, where I was in my mind, I might have jumped to trying to come up with what a good next step would be, you know, um, in how to move forward through this, how to navigate this, what, what, you know, what should we plan for? You know, do we, do we start to plan trips for next year? What, what should we do? And, and it's funny because we've had this question come up um, several times in the past few weeks. Like, what is, what is this going to look like? And how does this affect go Phil travel? And how does this affect travel? And, and I'm actually really comfortable in the not knowing. I think what has happened to all of us is monumental. I think it's happening still. I think we are um, not in a place to plan and react just yet. I'm just not feeling as though that's 
where we should be right now still very much in the this is this is where we are and even as we we open up and um, come, come out of our confinement um, and we we might you know sooner rather than later have the ability to get things on the road per se again I'm actually not feeling like it's the time to to put those plans in place I think there's still a lot of reflection that needs to happen um, I think we need to go back to intention. And I know that our organization is rooted in support for people who do not have access to the very basics in life and who are fighting hard to get it. Um, we've also learned some very big lessons in the past 10 years of doing this, that the answers to most of these issues do not lie outside of the communities themselves. They actually are not at a deficit, not the way we see it. They are full of resources in many ways and that you know our support and partnership has really you know shifted over the over the years to be able to see that our work is actually in helping um, some of those 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 assets that are already there um, be amplified and grow our our job is not to bring them in from the outside so the solution isn't the outside in um, the care and compassion and and the rolling up the sleeves and putting the mind around you know pulling a chair up to the table and thinking about you know what's going on that that's all needed but the answers uh, most likely are not from the outside we're pretty sure um, that they're not that that they're already there and that they need to be nurtured and and, and fortified and, and strengthened so so maybe you know maybe this is time to just continue to look at how we we can continue that kind of support um, without you know needing to physically go i mean that the the go philanthropic travel its real purpose has been to provide a, an educational context for donors and potential donors to understand what's happening around the world because there's there's a lot of unintentional um uninformed or, sorry uninformed giving that has you know unintentional kind of harmful effects and so we thought the way to counteract that was was to root it in uh, knowledge and to 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 bring people into regions and into um, the offices of fantastic programs and communities that had found solutions to their problems and were really working hard on, on doing more of that. And once, once we have a greater understanding of all of that context, be it, you know, um, economic or political or historical, our um, assumption that that you know writing a check and that we have an idea what we would write that check for and, and what might be good for for them it becomes rather you know comical honestly and it, and and it, it really helps you to realize on day one when you take these trips that ah, okay you know um, I, I think I understand why this is important I think I understand why they're going about solving their their problems in this way and i and then you 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 follow in that good thinking and you want to support them to do more of what they're already doing for themselves so um i don't think this is a time to map out a plan it just feels too soon i think we have to work on ways to continue that that support and care in in other ways mm -hmm. um I love the um, imagery of 
uh, and I guess it's a cliche or whatever, but of pulling your seat up to the table, but to, um, I mean, that's what I found as I traveled. I, I, of course, I had the, the notion that I carried with me of creating impact and what can I do and how easy is it to write a check and support all these endeavors. And then when I was really sitting and sharing space with women in a village in Africa and began to listen to what they actually asked for was so different than what I assumed they needed. And so I love that. Um, on your journeys that that allows people to connect with one another in that way. So I think that's really important. And um, I also, I fully believe and all of the communities that I visit in different places around the world in different levels of um, abundance and richness and however you gauge that, that almost everywhere they were rich in what they could offer and what they lacked, we couldn't perceive um, because we just have a different lens. And so um, those conversations I think are so important. And so I really love that way of thinking and thinking about what it actually means to, um, to, to be philanthropic and to, to give um, what is needed versus what is assumed. Um, And I think that that taps in a little bit to something that I would love to address to you because I think it could really inform um, people who are listening about um, volunteer travel or philanthropic travel, this um, travel for good. Um, How is, is there a way that we can ask the right questions to know what we are doing is good from your experience? Do you think there's the right way to have that conversation? So people that don't know and haven't experienced this can know that they're going to get an experience that is positively, has a positive impact. The first red flag would be um, if you're looking to jump in and do right off. There's an experience about without having learned anything first, that would be, that would be a red flag brought up that I think are are really critical. And um, it goes back to listening and to seeing. And I, I think we're at a stage um, where we're looking at giving back and philanthropy and um, all of this and with, with, a, with a new lens, with a much needed new lens. So it's almost like pulling the sock inside out. And in doing that, um, we can't just jump into the new paradigm. We actually have to, we just have to stop and be at that table and listen and see and attempt to see, just as you're saying, perhaps what we don't, what we don't perceive easily. So it's, you know, in that moment where you want to do, where you just want to do, because frankly, it feels good. You know, it feels really good to just muck in and do, and, and certainly do for, for someone or people that you feel need your help. That's the easiest, quickest thing to, 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 you know, tell yourself that you're helping to fix it. And, and, and also it feels good. But um, the hardest lesson, I think, for us has been to do the absolute opposite. But in doing that, um, we've been able to, to, to ultimately um, provide more in, 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 in that support because in that listening and in that seeing, you're, you're able to follow their own visions for themselves. And um, 
and that's just the way that it needs to be. But, but traditional philanthropy and traditional giving back and traditional volunteer work, because there is some very, very good volunteer-based work out there um, that shouldn't be overlooked, but um, the short stint volunteer vacations um, that are very action-based and jump in without that, um, you know, without that understanding first and listening first is, you know, we, we, yeah, it's, we don't want to sit and, and listen and, and um, do nothing first, but actually there's just so much in it. It's, it's fundamental. Yeah. And I don't want to discredit that there are many organizations doing it the right, right way either, but I do know that some people come back and they feel like, um, they feel that discomfort of maybe like, I'm not sure that was, it either didn't make them feel good or they just, they aren't sure what they got involved in. And so I just want, I just want people to be conscious that there is maybe a conversation to be had when they're seeking those experiences because um, they are very powerful. And so I want as many people as possible to be able to connect and to nurture that in themselves if that's what mm -hmm. they're seeking, but just to know, um, to maybe do it with their eyes open and well, not just probably with that action place you might have found with your journeys too that the most powerful thing that comes out of them is reflection you know it's reflection and and that's um that's not building the walls of a school or you know painting a community center or 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 building a well that reflection i think has a lot more power to it than you know the the muscle you put into to, to building a wall that frankly, um, you know, feels good when, when you're building your own wall and we're, we're, we're taking something away from, from, from a community and, and, and not doing that themselves. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that reflection and what happens internally, um, that transformation that makes us see the world in a different way goes a lot, lot further than, than some of the, the short term actions that, you know, can feel better in the moment or feel fun or feel kind of, what's the word, um, fulfilling, mm -hmm. but they're fulfilling to us. Are we, you know, are we really thinking about um, whether or not we're benefiting, you know, whether or not we are truly contributing um, or are, are we, are we feeling good in the moment? So yeah. um, those are, you know, yeah, difficult questions to ask, especially uh, when you're driven by this desire to want to do some good. Um, so when when people ask us, you know, we want to go out there and do good, and we want to travel and do good, you know, what's the what's the very first thing I should do? And and I always get pushed back for this answer because it's such a kind of like a Debbie Downer answer, but um, I, I still stand by it. Um, I think we need to ask ourselves first why what what's going on with us um internally where we feel this need to to serve or to give back or what what you know what is the where is it coming from is it coming from a, a place of fullness and your cup is just full and you're you know ready and you have space in your life and you just feel full of you know you just want to share what you have, or is it because you might not feel fulfilled? And in order to fill that, whatever that void is, you, you might be drawn to want to, to give back or, 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 or do something that feels good. And, and the very important questions to ask. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, 
that's what I was thinking when you were talking is just like, what is it that they are desiring? And with a sojourn experience for me, I, that's, um, even though it might not be centered necessarily around philanthropy, but I asked mm -hmm. the travelers, what is it that you're seeking in this experience? What are you looking for? And part of that is then to set your intention, but part of it is to know what you're actually looking for. And a lot of times people just feel that call and that urge and that hole, and they just start seeking and they start putting stuff in there. Um, and, and still, I think that's okay if you know that's what you're doing. Um, but it's just that moment of reflection and then having the experience and then the reflection afterward too, um, I think is what is profound about travel is that the journey isn't when you get on the airplane and then when you get off the airplane, the journey is like what led you there in the first place and what happens when you get home. And so very, very true. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more that sometimes the the before and the after um have the greatest impact um yeah and and it's in the after that we come back and we say at times i can't um i don't want to accept um the way i was living before i don't want to accept the glasses and the lens that i you know was was seeing my life through i want i want to make changes and um you know we've always been so um grateful for you know, our, our growing community of people who have, have stayed in our quote family. But, you know, if people come back from a trip and decide they want to jump into, you know, what's happening in their own, in their own neighborhoods, that's, that's success. You know, when you, when you're a part of, um, yeah, when you're a part of change, when you're part of um, offering an experience that, that helps to kind of, you know, move somebody through to a place where they're, where they, um, can open up and, and make changes in their lives. That's, you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, I also was just thinking that often it seems like when people start seeking, they reach really far and we do look at going, like we think, oh, we're going to take this trip to Africa or Central America or South America and have this powerful transformational experience and serve the world. Um, but I also think that when you come back and you reflect, then it, it opens you up to, like you were saying, like, how can I serve those around me too? It just mm -hmm. kind of shifts. Um, I think we think it has to be grand. We don't think we can start small. And I, I love that on, in your book too, you said small personal actions can make a difference. And I think that that's, um, oh, I don't, I don't know if it's human nature, but we have to do the big grand thing before <laughs> we, we love can out. We can do the little thing. Go big or go home. <laughs> right. It's always been ground into us since day one. But um, yeah, I um, I think that when we when we think of travel and especially like far travel, it, you know, you get this kind of giddy feeling. Wow, you know this this giddy travel thing that you get, and um, you know. I think a lot of people would agree that when you travel, you're just a, you're a little more relaxed. You're a little more you, you're a little less whoever you are at home. Um, maybe more open to new experiences. Maybe you'll try things that you wouldn't when you're at home. So net some, I think we're more vulnerable when we travel and we're okay with that vulnerability. We allow that vulnerability. And that tells me that we're turning something off at home. We're turning off that vulnerability at home. We're frightened of it. That is like, you know, let's just turn that 
off. And, you know, we need to ask ourselves why we, why we do that, because it's, I believe, and in, in, in Picket Fence, there were some kind of very personal moments um, that were shared. And I, you know, took a deep breath before publishing it because I'm thinking, why? Why would I want to show sort of that not so so great side of myself or whatever? But in those moments of vulnerability, I mean, I think that's that's when we figure stuff out. I really do. Um, but we run, run, run for the hills um, when it comes to vulnerability. And uh, yeah, it's just a and, and you know you know it's easy easy to get it and feel good about it when we travel. And I probably think that the work that needs to be done is at at home, getting that giddy at home and doing stuff at home and opening up at home, but we don't. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Now for the next four hours of this conversation. But, um, I mean, for me, that is what travel is, is accessing that place of vulnerability and it's, it's magic. And it is so crazy, especially if you're traveling alone, even within a group, you give yourself permission to be yourself and And you, if you're traveling from a city to a city, you can reinvent yourself. Every time you land, you get to be like, here, I'm the person who loves spicy food. Here, I'm the person who loves to dance. Here, I'm the person who only reads books. And you get to try on all these different um, personas and truths about yourself that you, you don't when you're at home and you are in your container and you're following your rules or... Um, so I think that that is why I'm so excited about using travel as a tool for transformation and then bringing that back into your real life. And also um, with the vulnerability piece, this for me has been something that I have really been working on. And I found myself um, for quite some time, I feel like it's been six or seven years that um, when I would first see people being vulnerable, it was, what is that? Oh my gosh, are they crazy? Are they okay? What are they doing? Do they know they're letting every person see their truth right now? They're supposed to keep that hidden. And to this point now where I have realized that um, your truth shines the light on my truth and your words help me find my words and like we have to do it. And I think travel also helps us with that because we have those real conversations and we have conversations. And especially in my, in my path with women around the world who speak the same language and it Mm -hmm. awakens something in us. And for them, they see us sharing in a way, maybe that's not culturally acceptable. And they think this was inside my head, but it never could come off my lips. And they realize it can, and it's just um, so powerful. And I think that the giving um, doesn't even have to be monetary. Like that's a huge gift to create that awareness and that connection and, um, and makes that accessible for people at all levels. You don't have to be someone who's a millionaire who can go out and and do this work. You can just be a someone who has an open heart and is ready to connect. And that small action will create the difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really, really beautifully put. It, um, you know, begins with the vulnerability, which allows us those, those walls come down that allow us to then connect and for, whatever is held in our heart flows more easily. We connect 
on a different, more powerful level with the people around us, be it in our traveling group or the people that we're meeting. And stuff flows from that. And it's, it's you know, we're, we're talking beyond philanthropy that whatever is flowing is good. Um, and we need a lot more of it in our world. When we've got it all inside of us, we just have a ton of walls up and a ton of fences. And the more we can get to a, a place where we live from that, um, that 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 spot which is you know you, it, it is vulnerable um a lot comes from it and resources financial resources is just i i think just one way that we can reflect that that love um you know philanthropy um comes in so many many forms i mean the the definition is caring for humanity that's not going to come in just one one shape and size it's certainly not going to come in an amount it's going to come uh, care comes in in a million ways so um i just see that as that as, as as one currency of something much much greater and much much more powerful so um yeah what a great great topic <laughs> you know, i'm like oh i don't think there's anything left to say that was just um i feel like we hit into something so beautiful and um where our souls are really aligned and how we see the world and how we see people to be able to interact um, in, the, in that way. Um, I, I actually am going to go ahead and just um, give you the space if there's anything else that you wanted to share. And then also um, to let listeners know how they can support, especially um, your Go Philanthropic organization, the efforts. I know you're doing a lot of work right now, and I would just love for you to, to share sure. how people can learn about that and support those. Sure, sure. So there are two entities. Go Philanthropic Foundation has the partnerships with around 30 or so grassroots programs working on education, uh, health, human rights issues, some, some really, really difficult and complex issues. They're small organizations, but they're driving big, big change um, and doing a, a lot of the heavy lifting out there that um, without a whole lot of visibility to the to, to, to sort of the international global uh, platform. So it's, it's, it's important stuff. Um, we've been doing virtual Zooms, so they've had the ability to, to kind of describe how all of this is affecting them. And we hope that's going to continue because it's really, that's really, you know, that's really opened up a door for us to really think about, well, how can we bring their voice um, directly to, you know, to anybody who wants to listen. And so that's been, that's been great for us. Um, so you can sign up for any of our news, we have loads of information that comes out. And this is just news, real news from the front line. Um, and um, yeah, so that's gophilanthropicfoundation.org. And gophilanthropictravel.com is the travel side. And yeah, I think we're just going to need to watch that space. I mean, we're not going to be staying at home forever, that's for sure. But I think that, uh, yeah, we'll be looking at travel in a different way. And, um, you know, um, you know how and when that happens uh we don't know but it, it, it's it's for sure going to re-emerge it will just need to need to be looked at in a yeah in a mindful way so um and jumping the picket fence can be found on amazon and yeah we just encourage anybody to connect it's a it's a great way to know that each one of us can can make a difference and again it comes in so many many different ways and yeah open doors. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is, um, I expected nothing less, but it, it still surpassed what I envisioned oh, in sharing. So thank you. Great conversation, great questions. And 
yeah, sometimes we don't have all the answers, that's for sure. I don't know that we came up with any, but maybe, you know, maybe that's what's needed right now. Yeah, I think just figuring out how to ask the questions that need to be asked, then, I mean, there's no way to find the answers until we know the questions. So yeah. I think that's an important part of the process. So thank you so much for sharing that space. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find the Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.